0: On this edition of the Scott Radley Show podcast, we are joined by Leslie Stewart. Come on, if you're from this area, you don't need me to tell you who Leslie Stewart is. But we're joined by Leslie Stewart, and we got all kinds of stuff to talk about, from lockdowns to school during these difficult times, to stealing from Walter Gretzky, to leaving poo on your doorstep. Yes, Leslie Stewart will talk about poo.
1: Stick around today on the Scott Radley Show on nine hundred CHML.
0: The Friday before Christmas, perfect time to bring in my guest for this evening for the brightest conversation in Hamilton Radio. You know her from CHCH. You know her from being the head cheerleader at first, and we'll forgive her for this for the Argos, but also for the Ty Cats. But one of the more familiar faces in this city, Leslie Stewart, joins me this evening. Leslie, how are you tonight?
2: Oh, hi. God, I'm doing really well. How are you doing?
0: I'm great. We were just chatting before the break that I spent half the day. Well, not half the day. I spent some time today cooking up chocolate-covered bacon. I see on Facebook you spent the day cooking up chocolate-covered houses. So, you know, it's all the same.
2: <laughs> yeah. You were making chocolate-covered bacon?
0: It is. You like Leslie... That? It is, it is truly the single great, I mean, I, I'm going to try chocolate covered lobster tails next, I think, cause that may, or bacon covered lobster tails covered in chocolate. That may be, but yes, it, it's. Oh. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I
2: guess I shouldn't knock it until I try it, but it's just not something I don't think I'm, <laughs> I'm sure I'd like, but I like chocolate on its own.
0: <laughs> well, I, and I saw these how that you and your son were making this. These are some like fancy, forget the gingerbread. I like that you just eliminated gingerbread from the, I'm not a big gingerbread guy. You eliminated gingerbread and went straight to the chocolate house.
2: Well, this is the thing, right? I know every year we make a gingerbread house, it's become a tradition for my son and I. And then I, I, I thought, oh my goodness. Hershey's makes this chocolate house. Why not chocolate? Yeah, as you say. I mean, I love ginger myself, but it's not always kids, you know, you know, at the top of their list. So this was like full chocolate house tonight, and we had fun with it. Actually, it was really, it was really fun.
0: Well, I'll be surprised if it if it's still standing by tomorrow. I mean, it looks like oh, yeah. one of those. Uh
2: yeah, he'll be sneaking out in the in the middle of the night to go and like eat half of it.
0: <laughs> and I don't blame him. I would have too. I, I probably still, I mean, I would, I was going to say I would have when I was a kid. I, I would now let's, let's, who's kidding who? I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, I would, I, I have to ask you, we got a lot of stuff we got want to get into today, but I want to ask you one thing. I was on Twitter today and I was looking up your Twitter handle so I could send out that you were coming on and I'm reading okay. your Twitter bio. Anchor, reporter, mm-hmm. CHCH TV. Everybody knows that about you. Of course, that's where everyone, most people know you from. Uh, executive yeah. sales manager, Fox 40 Whistle. That's that's a thing you do mm-hmm. as well. That's fantastic. Um, yep. Reporter, host, Hamilton Ticats. Everybody knows your connection to the tie Cats that you're cheerleading mm-hmm. and now with other things. Mm-hmm. Um, 1993 to 2018, Tennessee Titans fan. That's a very specific period of time to, to announce no. your fandom for. <laughs>
2: No, that's not how it, 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 it. I'm sorry that it reads that way. No, I just have Titan fan as like the last line. No, it should say like if you see. Do you see like the CFL? Like I was in. Like oh, I see. Yeah, that's so your I CFL
0: was, stuff. Oh, yeah. Okay. CFL. So
2: 93 to 2018, I was cheerleader slash coach for both the Argos and Ty Cats along the I way. Thought, so 25 years.
0: Yeah, I thought maybe the Tennessee Titans had done something in 2018 to turn you against them, <laughs> and suddenly your fandom had turned, and now you are their arch enemy.
2: Right? No, no, and they didn't even come did become the Titans until the late 90s, anyway. So, yeah, um, yeah, it is. Uh, it's that's a whole separate thing that I just uh, a secret little uh, NFL, not so secret NFL love I have for my for the Titans. So I've got my CFL and then my NFL love. Yeah.
0: So the, 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 okay. So the Argos, I mean, I understand again with the cheerleading and then the Ticats being the hometown team, I get that. How do you become a Tennessee Titans fan?
2: I know. I know people ask me that sometimes. Um, you know, what's funny when I was in high school, I was kind of all about, uh, the 49ers way back then when they were doing really well. remember way, way, way back when. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah, I was all about that. And then, um, I kind of switched along the way. I, I did my internship for, um, for journalism, broadcast journalism down in the US. So briefly, I was in Philadelphia at uh, WCAU and uh, it was a CBS affiliate at the time. And and, and so everyone was trying to turn me into an Eagle fan and I skipped right past that. And eventually I just made my way through. I I don't know what it was. I think partly it was because they were Argo's colors at the time, kind of with a little bit of red. And uh, and I just sort of gravitated towards them. And I always wanted to go to Nashville way back when. And that was just sort of my goal. And I, I sort of just Became part of that team, and um, it sort of stuck with me for now. And uh, I, I just love them, so yeah. Somebody else an life.
0: There's an awful lot of Buffalo Bills fans who still cannot forgive them for the Music City Miracle that was, by the way, a forward pass. And so, <laughs> I know,
2: um, I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that will, there are, there are two moments in Buffalo Bills lore that will never go away. One is Wide Right and one is Music City Miracle and um, both cause uh, anxiety and heart palpitations. And uh, so, you know, it, it was bad enough that you cheered for the Argos around here, but then with the, you know, the Bills being the other home team, I don't know, you're, you're, you're pushing your luck a little bit with the football thing. It's
2: bad, isn't it? I know. And, you know, as you, as you mentioned, I work for Fox 40 and of course all the Fox Cross, they're all Bills fans. Right. And they've been gracious enough to let me to go to some of the games. And, and now that maybe they won't let me go anymore.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Don't wear the colors. Just don't wear the Titans colors. If you're going to a game in Buffalo, just for, for, for safety, not necessarily for you, Buffalo bills, fans would never do anything to a woman. I'm absolutely confident, but anyone who's with you, uh, they, they they may they may have to fight.
2: I know. Actually, I went to a Bills game. I think a couple years ago now, and I actually just wore Bills tubes. We all put Bills tubes on and just had fun with it, right? I'm not going to get myself in trouble like that. I'm smarter than that.
0: <laughs> Why, wise choice, yes. Wise choice.
1: You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML
0: as of midnight Sunday into Monday. Hamilton is in now in the gray zone. Hamilton is in lockdown. The list of what this means, of what you can and can't do is long. And quite frankly, in some ways it's a little confusing. I'm not going to lie about that. Um, but the long and short of it is that in the week, as we head into Christmas for the next 28 days, we are locked down Joined today by Leslie Stewart, Leslie. Um, are you on board with the whole lockdown idea or is this something that you look at and say, you know what? We, we need to let people make choices for themselves and make wise decisions and There's, you know, more pain sometimes that even comes from the lockdown than other things. Where do you stand on the whole lockdown thing?
2: Yeah, I know. Good question, Scott. Um, You know, I find um, we've sort of been all over the place, right, with the rules. And it seems to me like it's been piecemealed together, which is why I think we're in the situation we're in right now. I feel sorry for all the local businesses, you know the restaurants. Yep. You know, I'm, I'm always trying to support the local restaurants the best that I can. Um, I, I think I think you know they went beyond, above and beyond, to try to accommodate you know the provincial government and you know I, like they're a local restaurant in uh, in Waterdown, um, you know, Camouche, like you know, just a, a husband and wife. They, they put all this plexiglass dividers in, they had their heaters, they extended their patio, beautiful, you know, awnings outside and everything and umbrellas. And then all of a sudden the rules keep changing. Right. And so they made the accommodations and then now, you know, first they go down to 10 and well, now they're going to go down to nothing. And I know they're hanging on by a thread. I know it's hard for them. And so, you know, to answer your question, I have a tough time with that, um, you know, closing them. Um I, I think the restaurants, it doesn't seem to be, that's where, it doesn't seem to be the problem coming from the restaurants, right? It seems to be the private parties. And so how do we control that even with a lockdown?
0: And it's a great you know? point. Be, you know, it's a fantastic point because the one thing where you expect or you, I, I would expect that if there is going to be a crackdown on anything, it'll be if a store tries to open or if a store or a business breaks this, but you're right. Who? What's to stop anybody from having 50 people over for Christmas dinner. And right. and it becomes so difficult. And, and I like, I'm with you. I, I want people to be safe, but Leslie, my real fear out of this. And we're now, you know, we're eight months getting nine months into this almost. Mm-hmm. Um, is the medicine worse than the sickness in some cases? What are we doing to our economy and how many people don't have jobs and have lost all their life savings because their business has folded? And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of these people who, when this is over, you know, it's easy to say, well, you know, they can throw open their doors again. They, they don't have money. They don't have a line of credit. They've used it. It's not that easy to just say start again.
2: No, no. And that's exactly it. And, uh, you know, I just heard a a story in the news earlier tonight. There was a a private birthday party in Toronto somewhere where, you know, 20 plus people, 11, at least 11 people have already been infected. Those seem, those are the big super spreaders right those are the problems that the the weddings and big parties or private parties and we're going into private party season um you know yeah the restaurants i find like they've done everything they can and they are hanging on by a thread you know just to buy all the takeout containers and just be able to turn on the lights and they're letting go of staff i agree with you scott I, I think that we're going to see more and more um little shops and restaurants close up on us
0: well, and, and you know, the restaurants, that that's a really tough one because we know that in this city, um, there was a big push on and they, they put rules in place that, well, I don't even know if they passed the rules. For a while there, they made the, the patios that could extend out in the street. They closed the streets so you could have outdoor dining. And I, I can't remember what the outcome was because I know city council was mm-hmm. discussing whether to make that year round or to extend it. But so many of these <laughs> restaurants spent thousands of dollars, as yeah. you said, on that or on buying the heaters or whatever. And now... For what, for what they 've just now it's just money blown,
2: well, exactly, like I, I know I, I plan to go to uh, electric diner tomorrow, you know, and I know they have a little holiday tent, so they 've extended and they've heated it, and you know there's all kinds of great little restaurants in Hamilton that we've just you know managed to open over the years and and, and they are trying their best, but I mean, let 's face it, how many of us are going to sit out in the middle of January when it 's minus twenty on a patio? Um, you know, even when it's allowed, it's really hard for these restaurants. I just, uh, I think what they've done to help themselves inside and create dividers and space, I think they should still be allowed to be open. But that's just me.
0: (laughs) Well, you know what? It's not just you.
1: You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML.
0: Chatting with Leslie Stewart. You know her from CHCH. We're talking about the lockdowns. Lockdown was announced about an hour and a half ago. Hamilton goes into the gray zone into lockdown Sunday night at midnight so Sunday into Monday beginning Monday it's lockdown time once again go online uh, find the explanation because some things are sort of open some things aren't some things are it's 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 complicated. Leslie just before the break though we we're talking about the businesses and th- this is my concern about this it's the businesses and the the spin-off stuff not that I'm putting economic some people say well you're putting economics then ahead of health no. Because I think that, you know, people having jobs and having financial health ties into their emotional and mental and psychological health, which all ties into health. I mean, it's, it, I don't think you can separate one from the other and just say, well, you know, if you want businesses to be open, you're then just a greedy capitalist pig who doesn't care about people's health. I think they're very connected.
2: Oh, I agree with you 100%, Scott. I think, you know, there's been a lot of conversation about mental health concerns. I mean, we we know this year's been tough, even on, you know, the strongest people. And and now Christmas time is generally the hardest time for people. Um, I'm even noticing it, you know, with my son, who just turned 12. He came home from school today and he said, Mom, I, I hope we don't, I hope they don't shut the schools because, you know, he doesn't have any siblings and he relies on that social interaction that environment to go and play sports at school and you know and they're safe and their school has been safe i, I just I, I feel for for everybody that has to deal with you know being um, in solitude
0: for uh the schools by the way as it stands mm-hmm. right now, the explanation is that schools will carry on with the regulations mm-hmm. they had in place for now. So right. that's the, you know, that's but good. He, he, yes. <laughs> well, and, and so again, talking about this situation and whether or not a lockdown is the appropriate mechanism. And look, I certainly understand why the government does it. The numbers are going up. They're in a bit of a panic. We got to stop this. There was a story in the spec though, from earlier this week. And it pointed out that according to stats can numbers, 54% of those who have died uh, in the last uh, little while of COVID were 85 years or over. And during the first wave of the pandemic until the end of May, long-term care facilities and retirement homes accounted for more than 80% of all COVID deaths. And I look at these numbers and you know, I know younger people can get it for sure, and younger people can die and get very sick, but Are we missing something here by saying, look, maybe what we need to do, whether it's legal or not, is encourage or demand that older people stay home because they are the ones who are most likely to be most affected by this. And maybe this would allow us not to have to shut everything down.
2: I agree. I think you know I've had that discussion with some people over the last few months too. You know, just knowing, as you said, you know, you stated the the, the stats there. If there is a way of of doing that in you know in 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 our country, um, where yeah, where we can protect the most vulnerable while allowing, yes, our economics to still function, our businesses to stay open. I, I feel like there there could be some kind of balance there. But you think they would have thought of that by now?
0: Well, I don't know, as I say, I don't know if it's legal, which is the tough part. I don't know know if you could put a law. Yeah, no, I don't know if you could put a law that says if you're 70 years old, you can't leave your house. I mean, we're getting into some weird charter of rights things going on here, but that seems to be logic and and logic and the law don't always match up, but it it seems to be Mm -hmm. kind of logical, doesn't it?
2: It does. You know, and that's the thing. So my, my parents are, you know, definitely over 70 and I know for them you know, especially that generation, um, you know, a lot of them still maybe aren't on uh, computers or social media. And so they need to get out and they, they are thriving. Again, we're going back to that mental health issue. They're thriving on that interaction of even going into, you know, into a bank and and talking to a teller. Um, And I know that's important to that generation. So I I understand that, you know, we could have some issues there where where people Mm -hmm. are just feeling so, so alone.
0: And do you have, are both your parents still alive and together?
2: Yes, they are. Mm-hmm.
0: So, and, yes. and that's, you know, that's great for them that they at least have somebody else. And so again, my point is I understand what a weird thing it is that I sort of threw out there as the idea, because if you're alone, if you're 80 years old and you're alone, that's mm-hmm. very, very lonely. I, I mean, I completely, mm-hmm. I get that, but,
2: yep. I, but I don't I know. You at the same time. I know that's the thing. I think it's a sticky situation, isn't it? Because I, I see what you're saying. Um, just the numbers just say it. And I, and I do know, as you stated too, um, I have known like healthy people in their twenties, thirties and forties that have really had a tough time with COVID. Um, so.
0: Well, Nick you know, Cordero, I mean, the Hamilton actor, we've talked about him before. Yes. I mean, down in Los Angeles, I mean, one of the worst, uh, well, yes. a- a- anyone who dies, I guess is the worst case scenario, but I mean, his, mm-hmm. what he went through was atrocious. And so yes. it can happen. It's not just an old person's thing but i'm i'm again i'm so nervous about this sledgehammer of a lockdown on what it means when we get done that mm-hmm. i don't know what the cost is that we're costing ourselves by doing this
2: mhm yeah it it is it's um you know i remember at the beginning i i remember thinking the lockdown made sense and i think i wonder if part of the mentality for the lockdown is it makes people look at it more maybe take it more seriously you know right now when we're all kind of out and about and there are some restrictions you know and, and as your music has uh, <laughs> has noted it's half of us don't even know what's going on like what what are the rules right where when you kind of state a lockdown and even though this one's slightly confusing it, it it's, it's kind of says look, this is more serious like back in April, none of us went anywhere or did anything right um, maybe we need to get back to that mentality where uh, I mean, I still, I still think restaurants should be open, but, um, you know, just that get our head around how serious this is and it's, and there is a light at the end of the tunnel because we have these vaccinations, right?
0: I, I guess, although I, once more, I mean, look, I, I, if you were to say to your son and, and by the way, Leslie's son is the most charming 12 year old ever. Like he's a lovely kid and I'm sure he never oh. misbehaves ever, no. but if oh, you say no. to him, I would like you, uh, you, sh- you need to go to bed by nine o'clock and I want you in bed by nine, and you can watch TV until then, there's Mm -hmm. probably a chance that he pushes it a little bit if something comes on, and you may have to come in and go, okay, it's time. If you say to a kid, you can never watch television, I need you in bed at six, I think Mm -hmm. there's a way greater chance that that kid is going to rebel and go against what you say. And this lockdown, you may be right where this makes it more serious, but I think we may be pushing people to say, ah, screw it. I'm just, you know, I, I know we're not supposed to, but I'm doing it anyway, because I'm done with all this.
2: Well, and that is the, you know, the whole COVID fatigue thing too. So that is absolutely a good point where, people are really tired of it and i i mean i know i am too i'm tired of it but i'm definitely more of a rule follower um but it, <laughs> it, i just am it's just the way i'm wired i but,
0: guess that you know. i guess that
2: <laughs> really but yeah i mean but i can see how everybody's tired you know every absolutely we are and and i think sometimes with the vaccinations you know i know the government keeps saying hey you know you know keep focused on what we need you to do you still need to follow all the rules and restrictions but but even though the vaccinations are there, they're, it's going to take a while for them to you know to unfold. So, I you know what it's it's a really tough conversation, isn't
1: it? You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. In the last segment, Leslie, we mentioned your son, who,
0: as I say, is a great kid. He and you talked about the fact that he is really hoping that school is going to remain school. And I, you know, I get that. He, as an only child, he's that's his social network. You're a mother, you've got a kid who's now in this. A lot of people listening have been following what's supposedly happening or not happening. Well, How is the school situation working right now? Is, is the way it's going, is it working?
2: You know, it, it seems to. And I mean, you know, I, I know that, you know, we're reading on the news that there are there are numbers, um, you know, some, some COVID numbers in schools, but they, they seem to control it quickly. And I mean, I know Toronto has been having a few issues and they've closed down some of their schools. But if you look around our general area, Hamilton, Halton, Niagara, we've done a pretty good job. I mean, you got it, you know, kudos to the school boards and the teachers and principals. I, I know it's stressful for them, but I mean, they, Jack, feel safe. I mean, he was, he was a little tentative at first in September, but he feels good and they wear their masks and they go outside as much as they can. And so he's at school,
0: he's not doing it online.
2: No, he, you know what? I'm really glad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Mommy and Jack don't like homeschooling. So um, that was a struggle back in April, May, and June. I'll tell you it really was. Why? You know um, it's, I think some people may excel in the home learning environment, but my son is not one of them. And um, I, I just, I found it very stressful. It was, it was stressful. And you hear a lot of parents say that, especially if they're working from home and they have multiple children or like babies or toddlers at home. I can't even imagine um, for some of those moms and dads that are dealing with that. It, it's just, you, you know, I'm not a teacher, right? I mean, I can teach. Um, dancing better than math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't know how so, much Jack is wanting to learn about dancing, but, uh, you know, I've each tried, to their own. I've
2: tried. i tried. It doesn't work. Um, yeah, but, you know, I'm having, I had to go back and figure out how to, you know, my grade six math, and they don't even teach it the same way as we learned it. Um so, yeah, there was a lot. I learned a lot back in the spring. I, I learned a lot of things. <laughs>
0: Do, do you yeah, think that's? that's a, would you have, Leslie? If you thinking back to when you were in school, and I mean, you know what? It's you're a lot closer to that than I am, uh, but I know that I probably would have been in Jack's same situation because I'm not sure that that much leeway, that much freedom, that much lack of of. Um, structure and everything else, I, that probably would not have worked well for me at that age. But for you, I wonder if this is a boy thing, girl thing, or a like, would it? Would you have done well working from home back when you were in school? Would that have been something you would have excelled at?
2: You know what? Me personally, no, I don't think it would have worked for me either. It would have worked for my brother. He just the way he learns and, and he's a, ironically a teacher. Um, he just he would have he would have been fine. I know it. He's the kind of guy I could study with music blaring and that whole thing in his room. I I just couldn't focus at home, even to study at home or, or do homework. Um, so I yeah, I don't think it would have been really, really gone over well for me either. So
0: that must be a journalism thing, I guess. <laughs> People who go into media were we we were the ones who were not really studying were not really able to focus I don't know what that says about us but um I, I I absolutely could have turned into a professional nerf basketball player based on my study habits in my bedroom playing nerf basketball instead of getting down to the books but yeah the uh See?
2: D- there's a place for us <laughs>
0: Well, I I, I was, I was, I'm still holding out hope that someday there will be a Nerf basketball league, but, uh, I haven't stumbled upon it yet, but no, I, I think that, you know, it's amazing to me. I'm the technical side of it. I, I don't have a lot of time, honestly. And I know some teachers and people will be mad at me for saying this. I don't have a lot of time for the complaints about the technology of the teaching, because I think everyone else has figured out the technology of working from home. But I do completely understand the psychology of the problem of having some kids that just will have a hard time of learning from home. I completely get that that's a real thing.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Like, nowadays, you know, we, all, you know, we were all forced to, to learn the same back then. But now we realize that people learn uh, differently, right? We all learn differently. And, and some people need to be you know, in that environment. I'm hearing that a lot from college students really having a hard time, especially first year, uh, you know, not being in a classroom environment and in that social environment and, and being a son of a prof, they're, they're really struggling too. So, yeah. Uh,
0: you know, that's, that's a really interesting one with the university students too, because I, I, I tend to think that by the time you're in university, even if you were like me and didn't no had no ability to study basically in school by that point you should have been able to figure it out but you know Mm -hmm. I guess each to their own right I mean some people are going to figure it out and some people are going to excel and some people aren't I I, but but that Mm -hmm. one I I don't know that that one I have a harder time with saying there's an excuse for you maybe I'm just being cold-hearted I don't know
2: well, I think, you know what, if you look at college, because it's more practical learning hands-on, right, you know, um, I think it's more difficult. I was talking to someone who was, you know, taking the, the wine uh, program. They need to be in an environment where they can actually go in. I mean, there's chemistry involved and biology and all that kind of thing. Uh, and drinking. Uh, it, well, <laughs> and drinking. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's, there's all that. And, and then, you know, uh, there's a lot of courses at, at Mohawk College. I know they were allowing some students in if they needed to do that practical side, um, but majority were, you know, uh, at home. And uh, I, I just, I've just heard from a lot of people that have told me that they have struggled. And I, I, didn't, I thought the same as you. I didn't think by then maybe people could kind of get it together. But I think mm. it's just because we, we, do, we do learn differently. You know? Look,
0: if, there is a, if I could learn Nerf basketball by studying at home, certainly there's a lot of people saying, wait, I should have a PhD in wine by now. <laughs> oh,
2: yes, the population, the drinking There's a problem. lot of people,
0: there's a lot of people who should have a PhD in wine.
1: You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML.
0: Let's change tack entirely to something that is completely ludicrous, but I found this to be probably the best story of the week uh, for most people anyway, not for the person who is at the center of this There is a woman in Hamilton who was tired of having her packages that were dropped off by Amazon and stuff stolen from her porch by porch pirates, as they're called. And she says this has happened to her a number of times. So she rebelled this year. She decided she'd had enough, filled a box with poop and sealed it all up and left it on her porch. And it took 40 minutes for someone to come along and steal the parcel thinking they'd hit the jackpot. Fair game is what she did fair or over the line.
2: I think that's fair game <laughs> just poop, and you know what, but, but poop sucks too. So good on them. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I thought this was fantastic. My, my view, this was fantastic. You, if you're going to keep stealing my stuff, you're going to get something that I'm going to, you know, maybe a deterrent. I don't know if it'll be a deterrent or not. Maybe they go, oh, well, it was just one bad parcel, but right. I hope he didn't even look. I hope he just ripped it open and stuffed his hand in to find out what was in there. But I don't know if we can be that. And we'll never know. That's the bad part. We'll never know.
2: Well, you know what? It's getting to be a, big, a huge problem because people know that right now, majority of people who can are shopping online, and it is—it's terrible to to watch people doing this. And you know, she didn't hurt anybody, right? So it's not like she's, you know, taking shots at them or <laughs> running the motor. <over laughs> yeah, that's <their> true. Car. <laughs> so it's just poop, and I thought, yeah, you know what? Good for her.
0: <laughs> and it was only cat poop, right? I mean, it's, and it's, so that's not even offensive. I mean, it's it's in it's wrapped up, I think, in kitty litter and stuff, so it's not even. You know, you could have done a lot worse. You could have done a lot yes. worse. I I remember the days when uh, I believe as a child, my friends and I may have done the flaming bag on the step oh. of someone's house one time. That's See, that's way worse. That's way worse.
2: <laughs> yeah, that, that's bad. It's funny, I just told my son about that. I said, back in the day, that's Uh-oh. what people did.
0: <laughs> see. I probably should have told him. I, I, exactly. I think, Leslie, you're a wonderful mother telling your 12-year-old son, <laughs> about flaming bags of dog poop on the front porch is a really bad idea. I'm sorry. It's too late now.
2: I know. I I know. I can't take that story back now, but it was really fun at the time. <laughs> like, just, what?
0: <laughs> I'm just, have you taught him about Nicky Nicky Nine Door
2: yet? I did. I did. I oh. said, I guess kids don't do any of these, any, these fun things anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, cow tipping. Um, I'm trying cow to think t- what t- else t- you could probably tell him about that, you know, is going to just give him all these ideas of things. Here's one. And and I'm not proud of this one because in retrospect, I realized we could have killed somebody. Uh, Years ago in high school, we had a break between our exams and we went to the local mall and thinking it was hilarious. We hoisted up one of the guys and threw him into a Goodwill box, which of course the door doesn't open from the inside. So we went and had lunch and it was springtime exam. So it's like, June. So it's really hot. And we came back an hour later and he's still in there sweating profusely. Thankfully we rescued him because <laughs> in retrospect, again, it's like, well, we could have killed the guy. So, yeah, but, I you I know, <laughs> thank, I'm touching wood and crossing my fingers. Thank goodness. We went and got him out of there. Now I don't think he did too well on his exam afterwards. I think there was PTSD or something for him, but, but yes, I, I'm hoping that this guy who stole the parcel though has some PTSD the, the, and that would be poop. Destiny
2: Yeah, exactly. I was actually watching a couple of them on online the other day and, and there was a you know, a couple that drove by. They saw the EPS truck drop off the package. sure enough, they turn around, they drive up, and the girl, you know, runs across the lawn, grabs all these parcels, and as she's going through the lawn, she falls and she breaks her leg. And so She's laying there, and you know her, you know significant other or whoever it is, her partner in crime is in the car saying, "Come on!" And so he had to go get her and drag her across the lawn and put her in the car. But he still had time to go back and get the packages.
0: Yeah, well, of course, of course, right? yeah. We never we leave no man behind. It's like the Marines, the the, the theft Marines. <laughs>
2: <Exactly>. <laughs> At least he took her and put her in the car. He could have just got the packages and left her there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Just abandon your your wife on the lawn. Make it home (laughs) yourself, hon. You're weak. You're weak. (laughs) This is a Darwinian theft ring we're going to do. If you break your leg, you're on your own. Is it wrong to not feel terrible sadness for her plight?
2: I know. Right? You you, you know, but I... I, (sighs) I know, I know what you're saying, but no, it's not. I, I feel like you should, you're, you're stealing people's property. And apparently what they stole was medical equipment and, and medical supplies oh. for somebody who was ill. I mean, so, you know, that's not yeah. your, that's not your place. It's not your stuff. Leave See, I'm,
0: on. I'm, I'm thinking that, and, and all these people so far have been quite nice. I'm thinking that, you know, this stuff's happening, starts happening on my lawn. I may be setting up trip wires and, you know, doing other right. stuff, having booby traps, turn it into a home alone situation in my front yard.
2: Yes. Oh my goodness. You could have so much fun. Yeah. Just watch Home Alone again. You've got all kinds of ideas. You could tar and feather them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Leave the cars out. So they, they or, or the broken, uh, the broken ornaments. That one was always a fun part of it with the bare feet. Yeah,
2: see? Um, that's a good one.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, there are, there are ideas. I, it's amazing to me that Home Alone That John Hughes, when he wrote Home Alone, never thought though of the poop in the present because that that would that was the one thing that he was missing in Home Alone. I I think there's about seven Home Alones now, so Home Alone eight maybe that he'll the writer (laughs) will now have the poop in the parcel idea for uh, for that one.
2: Absolutely, or the flaming poop bag—that's a good one
0: too. You know, they're all they're all high quality entertainment, aren't they?
1: You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML.
0: I don't know. I assume you heard the story this week about the um what we're told is a theft of hundreds of thousands of dollars of memorabilia from Walter Gretzky. Did you hear this story this week?
2: Oh, I did. That made me so sad. Yes. I
0: I just don't I mean, forget that it's even Christmas time. I mean that that makes it worse, I suppose, in some kind of way, but how do you steal, and, and, and look, I, I said this on the sh- on another show earlier this week, I sincerely with all of my heart hope that what we find out somehow as this thing works its way through the courts is that there was mm-hmm. some misunderstanding or something else, and, and this is not as bad as it seems, because how in the world do you steal from Walter Gretzky?
2: I, I don't know. He is the sweetest man. He used to come on um, the morning show all the time, and he is, uh, he, as you said, he's he's just such a wonderful man. I I can't imagine how upsetting this would be to him to trust, right? To trust.
0: Well, he is, and this is a compliment, even though it may sound not that way. He is probably the easiest person I would think in the world to steal from because he is nice and he is trusting and he throws open his door. If you knock on his door in Brantford, he'll show people the basement. Like this is the very definition of stealing candy from a baby, I would think.
2: You know, I agree with you. And I, you know, um, as you say, I hope that it's all a misunderstanding and this comes out, you know, in the end that that's all it was. But the the person who was accused of this, um, a lot of us know him um, because yep. he is known in the community. Right. And and also with all of his charity work. So it's, you know, <laughs> Did he have good intentions? Because you know it's a little bit, you know, sort of misguided if that's what he thinks that the intentions were. <laughs> right.
0: There are. Th- th- this is this is one of those stories that there there can't be a good ending other than oops, misunderstanding. We got our signals crossed. And again, I, I maybe I'm being wildly naive by even throwing that out there. But I hope because mm. the other part of this, Leslie, that I find just so. Look, no one has ever accused most criminals of being masterminds. More often than not, when we read these stories, you go, what were you thinking? The idea that you would take Gretzky's stuff, if this is what happened, somewhere along the way, someone is going to have to verify or vouch or authenticate that this is his stuff. Otherwise, it has no value. And how are you going to authenticate it when you go and follow the course of where it came from and you find out, oh, it came from Walter's basement. <laughs> I mean, it's so stupid. It's, it's laughable.
2: Yeah. It, it, no, that's exactly right. That That's exactly it. It's like when, you know, um, championship rings are stolen, um, you know, and it has their name on the side of it. Obviously, you're not <laughs> yeah. able to show anybody like, oh, yeah, he gave it to me. You know, <laughs> it's like it is. It's I, I don't know. I, I'd be interested to see how the story unfolds, it, because if, as you say, if he planned on using that um, you know, the accused for a charity, a, a golf tournament or something. Yeah, absolutely. It needs to be certified. So I don't understand.
0: It, 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 there's a guy from Brandf- uh, from not from Brandf- from Burlington, pardon me, uh, named Phil mm-hmm. Pritchard. Everybody knows who Phil Pritchard is. Even if you don't know his mm-hmm. name, he's the guy with the blonde hair and the white gloves who presents the Stanley cup every year. He's the hall of fame right. curator and takes the cup out to center ice when the Stanley cup is being presented. And I've talked to him innumerable times. We've had him on the show a bunch of times. And I've asked before about the security of the Stanley Cup because, you know, if if in one of those moments when he's in a hotel room before, you know, he's in another city and he keeps the cup, someone comes in and steals it. But the part of that is what could you ever do with the Stanley Cup if you stole it?
2: especially with people with their phones now, you know, everyone's got a camera on them, right? So yeah, what are you going to do? We've all heard crazy stories about the Grey Cup disappearing. Um, you know, a Grey Cup showing up in, in a bed, the Grey Cup showing up in someone's shower, um, all kinds of wonderful things. But that's usually just, it just gets misplaced.
0: <laughs> it misplaced and then someone picks it up and has a picture and takes it for a ride or whatever, but there's not a yeah. malicious thing. But as right. Ben, Ben's back at the studio, Ben's just talking in my ear. He goes, you couldn't even tell anyone. You had the Stanley no. Cup if you stole it and say, "Hey, come over and take your picture." How did you get the Stanley Cup? Well, <laughs> found it.
2: <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, there it was. It was just you know on my on the sidewalk. Yeah, you're right. It, it's just nowadays it never. I mean, you just yeah, you just can't do that stuff. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Well, and and so now you you go to some place and you go, "Hey, I've got Wayne Gretzky's stick from when he was a." Twelve-year-old playing on the Nadrovsky Steelers and scored nine hundred mm-hmm. goals, and you say, "Well, how did you get that?" And you go, "I bought it." I mean, <laughs> I, I, it's it. Oh, you know, I right. I just it's it, it's such a weird story, such a sad story. It's um, I, know. I yeah, I I do I do, I do hope. And your point is well taken, though. I, I've met Walter a bunch of times. You have talked to Walter a bunch of times. I bet you, Leslie, that a good percentage of the people listening have at some point. Run into Walter Gretzky or been at some function where Walter was there. I mean, he is just that mm-hmm. guy. I hope mm-hmm. this doesn't have. He, he's he's had health problems. He's getting up there. And he's, I hope this doesn't have a horrible effect on him. That's the other thing. I really hope it doesn't have any kind of real effect.
2: Mm-hmm, me too. Yeah, he's he's not well right now, and I, I yeah I, I I can imagine it would it would upset him greatly because he is a, a sensitive man, right? He's a very warm hearted, sensitive guy, and I could see it being very upsetting to him um, that this this even happened, you know.
0: And now his family is going to have to say to him, you can't let people come in and see the basement anymore, which is, which mm-hmm. is just such a shame. Cause that was one of, that was truly one of the most Canadian things ever that you could walk up to the house in Brantford of the dad of the greatest hockey player ever. And he would say, yeah, sure. Come down and look at the basement. And There's no way they're going to be able to do that anymore.
2: No. And you know what? And, and again, with this, with this guy that, that did this, I mean, it's just, he, he, he created a friendship and he knows. You know, Dougie Gilmore and Bobby Orr and and he like he has there's pictures all over social media. He's with everybody. So he's he's definitely on the inside and people have trusted him. It's just what I worry about. It, we just keep seeing so many people falling from grace lately. And, you know, people are just going to stop trusting. And I think that's so unfortunate.
0: It is. And we, and again, we don't know if this guy is guilty yet. It's still just charges and we've got to go through the right. system, but I'll say this. If in fact, after this whole thing plays out, if in fact he is guilty, if, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure that I want to be the guy that's on the wrong side of Wayne Gretzky. Cause if you did have friends in the community, <laughs> what person is going to talk to you ever again, knowing that they're getting the stink guy from Wayne?
2: Oh yeah, you've got it. That's the thing. I, you know, the hockey community is tight, you know, and I, they it absolutely will I'm sure this is spread like wildfire all the way amongst them and you're right. This he will be he will be ousted from the community, which and, and again, he helps so many charities. So I just I I don't know. I hope it's a misunderstanding but it doesn't yep. sound like it. So I we'll hope see. it is. Yeah.
0: Uh speaking <laughs> of celebrities and and this is something we talked to um someone from the Hamilton film office on the show the other day, because the numbers we're still, this is a city that's doing very, very well as far as film production movies being shot, everything else. Now, of course, when we go into the gray zone and into lockdown, that all seems to stop right now. Nonetheless, in the last number of weeks and months in this city, uh, and I've only found four names here. There's a lot more Bradley Cooper, who, most people know who Bradley Cooper is. He's an actor. I, I think um, most women will know who Bradley Cooper is for sure. Yep, I know. Um, I know him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, th- I'm not surprised. Uh, Kate Blanchett, Woody Harrelson, Kevin Hart. Um, we're not just um, we're not just a, a, a film center now that is doing you know B roll and little well i don't want to say little hallmark movies but i mean you know, we're getting big stars that are coming here now um what's the name of the director um uh that is uh, uh the spanish director who who's always shooting stuff here he's got another movie going on i'll think of it in a second if mm. you you've you've talked to a lot of famous people over the years on tv so maybe you're not the exactly perfect target audience but if you're walking down the street and you see that there is a film shoot going on and as you walk by you see someone famous does leslie stewart stop and try and get a picture or are you saying no no i'm going to leave them alone and just carry on
2: oh no absolutely not i would just leave them alone, carry on i might you know i might go from a distance and turn and watch the, the scene and how it unfolds just out of curiosity and but i i definitely wouldn't stop to bother them no <laughs>
0: no never
2: no, there's there no, there
0: is no celebrity that you would that you would that would be big enough for Leslie Stewart to stop and say I gotta have a picture with that person.
2: Um, only Bono and Chris Martin <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Chris Martin from I mean,
2: Coldplay. Yes, like I I just yeah I mean but anybody honestly you too you too is like epic to me. So that might be an exception. I, I, I can't see myself, um, you know, they're rock and roll like royalty to me. So I it might be a little different. I'm not sure what I do, but I wouldn't just walk away.
0: <laughs> did you ever hear the, um, the uh, story when you said Bono and a celebrity? Did you ever hear the story of Bono and hitchhiking?
2: Yes, I did. Isn't that a fascinating story? Now you have to tell everyone.
0: <laughs> well, so years ago, 2011, I was just typing it in because I couldn't remember the year. 2011, they were doing a concert in Vancouver, I think it was. It was Vancouver or mm-hmm. Edmonton. It was one or the other.
2: Yeah, that and somewhere, yeah.
0: <laughs> Bono went for a walk between, you know, before the show just to blow off some steam or whatever. And I guess it started to pour rain. And so he's now miles, I guess you're supposed to say, supposed to say kilometers, but doesn't that? you your kilometers from your hotel never sounds as right as saying you're miles from your hotel. Anyway, he's miles yep. from his hotel and he's drenched. And so he starts hitchhiking and he gets picked up by Gilbert Brulé, who plays for the Edmonton Oilers, who, <laughs> right. and his girlfriend, who now they're in the car and they turn around and they've got this like drowned rat guy who looks like Bono and it is Bono. What are the chances?
2: I mean, what are the odds of them picking up him? Like, yes. I, I, like, I called, right away, my brother and I are huge fans, right? And I said, why, why not us? Why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: well, that uh, that you would know? be, but so Bono would be one. Yeah, I, 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 could see, I could see that people would, uh, even people who are not easily starstruck, would be, uh, would maybe want mm-hmm. to. Go out of their way for for Bono. I uh, I there's a few there's a few. Paul McCartney would be w- one of the ones. I've said this sure. before. The one person that I would do almost anything to have an interview with, just because it's Paul McCartney. It's the Beatles. Yeah. Um,
1: yep.
0: Yep. But but I you know what I I'm I'm wondering with the city with the number of film shoots that we're getting and everything else. I wonder. One of the appeals I would think of Hamilton right now is that it's not Los Angeles. It's not even Toronto where people are expecting to see famous people. So I bet they don't get bothered that much. I wonder if it happens more and more if that changes.
2: Um, I know I wonder because we really are becoming sort of the hotbed for it. I got to tell you a side story. I've been watching these. You mentioned the Hallmark Christmas movie. So I've been watching them a lot as I'm wrapping presents and stuff. And I'm watching one today and guess who pops up on screen? jamal johnson remember former tie
0: oh yeah yes 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 he linebacker was,
2: yeah he was an extra he had a speaking part just a small speaking role he was interviewed apparently on on camera and and it was him i looked at him like oh my gosh jamal <laughs> so he's an actor now that's his, well uh, his post football uh aspirations have become to become an actor yeah
0: Well, uh, you know what? I bet there's an awful lot of people in the city who have been extras in Hallmark movies because there's been about a hundred of them that have been filmed here. Um, (laughs) The back of my head, I believe, was in one uh, in the Spectator newsroom. They sort of just panned by my head. Um, I've told this story before, so people who are regular listeners, I apologize. But in The Handmaid's Tale, there was a very... Adult scene that was filmed right on the floor beside my desk, involving um, skin, and that's it. And um, I
2: did, I did read that that happened to you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and that so that my desk was it was very famous. They didn't allow any of us to be in the room at the time. Unsurprisingly, Um, Elizabeth, um, whatever her name is, was um, you know probably not. wanting to have an audience for those for those scenes, but
2: probably not
0: Elizabeth Moss. Thank you. Elizabeth Moss. Yes. So, (laughs)
2: um,
0: but no, I, I do wonder if things are going to change because as we start to get used to having more and more celebrities in the city, assuming that the film industry continues to grow, I wonder if it becomes less easy and and less inconspicuous for these people.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. I, you know what? They they probably found it refreshing for a while, but as you say, more and more people are are looking for it now, and it seems to we're surrounded by it at this point. So, well, we'll see what happens. But we have interesting geography here, right? We have a lot of cool buildings, and I, I can see why they're they're choosing our region to to shoot film. So, we'll, we'll see what happens.
0: Let me ask you this: How many times has Leslie Stewart been stopped to ask for a photo <laughs> by fans? <laughs>
2: Come on, it it (laughs)
0: happens, right? It happens.
2: Well, I thought one of the funniest ones I've had was I I let my son have McDonald's one night and we had to sit in the little waiting area. And then this woman came out to the car with a napkin because her husband was a fan. So I had to sign a McDonald's napkin for her.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least... At least
0: you, you know, uh, my the one time, and my wife bugs me about this incessantly, uh, I got recognized, not even by visual, uh, Mm -hmm. we were in, I guess my wife had popped into Northern Reflections and a woman who, she is a regular listener, um, uh, slightly more elderly, um, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden walked up and said, are you Scott Radley? And I was like, yes. She goes, I recognize your voice. And I was like, okay, well, that's, that's a first. In Northern Reflections, looking at sweatshirts that have pictures of loons and bears or something on them. I don't know. <laughs> yes. And, you mm-hmm. know, rarely, rarely, uh, not like Leslie Stewart. I am not in the Leslie Stewart e- ethos, you know, level here, but, um, oh,
2: You know, people recognize my voice, too, though, even though I'm, you know, there's obviously a visual component to what I do. But because a lot of times I think when people are getting ready in the morning, they're not watching the TV. They're just listening to Uh, it. So I've had a lot of people recognize my voice, which really threw me. I could see for you, your voice, you have a, you know, you have a perfect radio voice and I could hear people recognizing that. But, yeah, it really threw me for a loop.
0: (laughs) Well, at least it's not been in any, well, that you're admitting anyway, any embarrassing places that you've been recognized. And I won't even ask you, we'll cut it right there and we won't make you try and have to finish that one because, you know, I I can't imagine what could be embarrassing, but I'm not, I'm not even going to ask. I'm not, you know what? It's, um, there is a, there is a blog opportunity there if you wish to share it later on in a different forum and a different venue, but I'm not even going to (laughs) ask. You're digging. (laughs) Uh, we are out of time sadly but Leslie Seward this is great love having you on thanks for doing this today um, have a great Christmas hopefully by the time you get home your chocolate house has not been completely destroyed and consumed by Jack because if it has been uh, he'll be doing laps around the house until about three in the morning with that sugar you got but, it. Um, I'll, just,
2: I'll just blame you Scott that's how it goes so
0: <laughs> hey Jack if you're listening eat it fast eat it really fast it'll take a while to get there uh, Leslie thanks for doing this have a
1: great Christmas
2: thank you you too Merry Christmas